Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody to the show. Welcome to the show. It is I, your fearless host. Yes, fearless host in a city of liberals, Rob Zakari from Los Angeles, California. And it is a sea of liberals. I can't see a Republican conservative for a mile, 100 miles, 100 miles. It's a lot. Anyways, welcome on this Martin Luther King Day. Yes, Martin Luther King Day. What did you do for Martin Luther King Day? What did you do? Did you do anything fun? I noticed USPS was closed, but UPS was not closed. UPS was not closed. The malls weren't closed. Not a lot of things are closed except for the post office and the banks. But I thought um, UPS would be closed, but it wasn't. But what did you do? Did you do anything fun? Did you do anything exciting? Is there a tradition that anybody does on Martin Luther King Day? You know, 4th of July, there's picnics. Um, I don't What other? Easter, you got the, the Easter bunny, the, 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 the eggs, and, you know, the Jesus thing. Is there anything on... Uh, Martin Luther King Day that uh, people do. I heard there was a shooting. I don't know if that's something people wanted. I did. I heard there was a shooting. Maybe later on in the show we'll get more details. But anyways, what about that cowboy game? Huh? What about that cowboy game? You know the Russians hacked that game. You know the Russians hacked it. The Cowboys would have won if it wasn't for the Russians. I'm just going on record right now to say that. If it wasn't for the Russians, the Cowboys would never, ever have won that game. Never. But obviously, the Russians favored Green Bay. Duh. America's team. The star, you know, Jerry Jones, oil, all of the things that Putin and the Russians despise the most. So, obviously, obviously, they wanted Green Bay to win. Obviously. 100%. And so, they made it happen. Their interference made it happen, okay? They manipulated, they manipulated the clock. They manipulated the referees. There were some holding penalties that were not called. Russians manipulated the referees. They manipulated uh, the... uh, Challenge video. You know, when there was, what, 15 seconds left and Aaron Rodgers was scrambling. That one holding call didn't get called. 
Russian manipulation. And then uh, the 35-yard catch, even though, even though on the replay, we saw that player's feet barely in bounds. They really weren't. They were a good four or five inches off the ground. He didn't have them down. But you see, the Russians hacked the replay booth. They manipulated the video, and they lowered the feet. They lowered the feet so it looked like he uh, tapped the field. It looked like he tapped the field, but it was really about five or six inches off. But they manipulated that. They manipulated that. And then when the ball should have been placed uh, a yard further, they manipulated that so it was placed a yard uh, closer for when they made the field goal. So, ladies and gentlemen, not only should we question the legitimacy of Donald Trump's presidency, but we should question the legitimacy of the Super Bowl. Because you have a team in Green Bay that only won because of the Russians. Okay? Because of the Russians. Because of that hacking. Because of the manipulation with the referees. The manipulation with the replay booth. The manipulation with moving the ball. So the field goal kicker had an easy... Got to question the legitimacy of the Super Bowl. Because now Green Bay goes and plays Atlanta. Let's just say they beat Atlanta. And then they go to the Super Bowl. Come on. It's illegitimate. Okay? It's illegitimate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Even if they lose... And Atlanta goes. It's still illegitimate because it should have been the Cowboys. Should have been the Cowboys. There's a lot of hacking going on. Repay, but it's those Russians. They're everywhere. Okay, they're everywhere. Everywhere. Now I know. The Russians hacked that cowboy game. And I'm hearing that they might have had a hand in the KC-Pittsburgh game. That's what I'm hearing. I know for a fact they hacked the cowboy game. But we're also getting word that there might have been some hacking in the KC-Pittsburgh game. Just saying. But, hey, from this point forward, illegitimate Super Bowl. That's illegitimate, okay? But if you put the hacking aside, okay, if you put the hacking aside of the Cowboys game, what an effing game, huh? What an effing game. Okay, put the hacking aside. I call it the Romo curse. I I do. I call it the Romo curse. Let me explain to you. Let, Let me explain. Remember when Romo burst on the scene, okay? Remember, he was like the heir apparent to Roger Staubach. Remember, 
Oh my God, we got the the best uh, quarterbacks since Aikman. I mean, woo! They were pumped, and then they got knocked out in the playoffs. Remember in that one game when Romo muffed the ball? He muffed that uh, <laughs> that field goal kick. Knock was, you know what? Doesn't matter what you do during the regular season. Doesn't matter how many wins you lost in the playoffs. You lost when it mattered. Remember, when New England went undefeated, they lost in the Super Bowl. Nobody gives a crap or even talks about the fact that they went the regular season undefeated. Went through the playoffs undefeated. They got to the Super Bowl and they lost. Doesn't matter about the regular season. Doesn't matter what happened. Doesn't matter the records. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they lost the Super Bowl. So in the early days, when Romo was there and starting, he was like, oh, my God. Oh, my gee. Oh, the greatest thing. We got it. And then the playoffs, big fart. Well, what happens this year? Romo goes down. Dak comes in. And they start rattling off wins. Win, win, win. And people start saying, oh, it's, it's like in and Emmett. Ah, oh, we got to trade Romo to Denver. Oh. Well, guess what? The Romo curse. The remnants of the Romo curse was on Dak. How? Cowboys, number one seed. Cowboys, home field advantage. First game, big fart. Yeah, it was close. But come on. After the Cowboys went up 3 nothing. It was catch-up. At one point, they were, what, 18 points down? At the end of the day, the Cowboys should never have had that game that close. Now, I'm not saying Dak and Ezekiel played bad, but... They didn't play good enough to beat Green Bay. I know the Russian hacking, the influence of the refs and the replay uh, officials and the video. I, I, I get that. But if you just put it aside, you put that aside, there shouldn't have been a game that close. Cowboys were rested. The Cowboys were ready. They had beaten Green Bay once before and beat them handily. Now, I know Green Bay's hot, but still. Was in favor of the Cowboys to win. And at the end of the day, they blew a big fart. Doesn't matter how close the game was. Doesn't matter the regular season record. Doesn't matter how great Dak was. 
throughout the regular season. Doesn't matter how good Ezekiel was. Home field advantage. First round by. First game, they lost. The regular season, you could take all the excitement of Dak and Ezekiel and wipe your tuchus with it. Can wipe your tuchus with it. It's the Romo curse. It's what it is. It's the Romo curse. And I've heard people go, oh, the Cowboys are going to, this is, they've got so much time to go. Well, listen, you need some defensive backs, okay? You, you, you know, there's, there's some things that you're going to need. Things you're going to need. Just saying. So, take your season, my Cowboy friends. My girl likes the Cowboys. She was distraught yesterday. And I was rooting for the Cowboys. But secretly, I was rooting for Green Bay. Inside, I wanted Green Bay. Inside, I wanted Green Bay to pull that off. Because I'd love to see Green Bay beat Atlanta and then go on uh, to New England or go to the Super Bowl. Because I think New England is going to beat Pittsburgh. I don't see Pittsburgh beating New England. Don't see it. Don't see it. But that's my take. There you go. I know we don't necessarily talk about sports or things of that nature, but I had to talk about the college game and the Russian hacking because I thought it was important, and I thought it uh, was extremely important as we've been talking about uh, the Russian hacking and Of course, if it wasn't for them, Hillary Clinton would have destroyed Donald Trump. Because, you know, all those emails leaked influenced the election. People seeing the truth. And that's Hillary Clinton and the media and Hillary Clinton's people. And how they colluded with each other. But, poor Cowboys. I got a friend whose sister is, like, diehard Cowboys fan. He said she's, like, took into her her bed. (laughs) She's on suicide watch. All right, there you go. Cowboys lose due to the Russians. All right, let's get on with politics. Let's get on with some current events. Let's get on with the show. So, go figure. The FBI um, arrested, and this hasn't gotten a lot of play today, and it should have, because once again, it proves that the families of these terrorists, these, these animals, know what is going on. Remember when? Remember the big controversy during the primaries when Trump talked about the families and how they know stuff. Remember, it was involving the San Bernardino case and the fact that 
family members, the mom, seen the bombs in the house. Because the mom lived with the San Bernardino terrorists. She lived with them. And it's impossible to live with somebody and not know that they're planning a terrorist attack. Especially when they're building bombs and they have, you know, thousands and thousands of rounds of ammunition. You just know. I mean, the average mom knows when you sneak out of the house to <laughs> go, go meet somebody to drink beers. I don't think I ever got away with something growing up. I don't think I, I seriously, rather I got caught at that moment or I got caught days later. But your mom always knows when you're up to no good. <laughs> I mean, come on. So the controversy was Trump saying, you got to go after the family members. You, 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 you got to you know, interrogate them. You, you, they just know stuff. Okay, they know stuff that people are like, how can you say that? That is so wrong. That's just so bad. Okay. Orlando shooter. This guy, this scumbag, Omar Mateen or Martin. Remember, he went in, shot like 50 people. And the father who would go on uh, some cable access Pakistani show and talk about how great the Taliban was and how uh, uh, gays are no good. Just basically spewing your typical uh, Muslim ideology. And then word came out that the wife had taken this Omar Martin to basically case the nightclub out. And then she vanished. She like fled. And even just the casual observer said, oh, come on, the wife knew something. But of course, when you said that, you were accused of Islamophobia, you know, you, oh, not, not every terrorist uh, that, that, that commits an act, uh, family member, that's just Donald Trump's. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? The FBI arrested uh, the wife, Noor Salman, at her home in San Francisco. The charges were filed in the Middle District of Florida, and the charges include obstruction of justice and aiding and abetting uh, Mateen's uh, material support to ISIS. The FBI believes uh, Solomon acted of her own free will and knowingly took steps to obstruct the investigation into the massacre. The FBI official... Uh, says Solomon claims that she was coerced through her husband's abusive behavior, did not stand up. 
The official says the evidence will show that she was uh, complicit and knew her husband was going to do something really, really bad. So the Salomon will have a court appearance on Tuesday in Oakland. So uh, some of the, I guess, evidence that came out was that uh, Solomon gave conflicting accounts uh, about what she knew of Mateen's intentions in the hours before the attack. Uh, Solomon told the FBI her husband said he wanted to carry out a jihadist attack, though she denied knowing of his plan. Months before the attack, Mateen added the name of his wife to his life insurance policy and made sure she had access to his bank accounts. He also transferred his share of the home in which his sister and brother-in-law lived to them for just $10. Mateen also bought his wife an expensive piece of jewelry. Two hours after the attack, Mateen texted his wife at 4 a.m. and asked her whether she heard the news about the shooting. And at one point, uh, the wife told Mateen that she loved him. So, the, uh, the, the, the occasional news viewer and um, reader saw this story and went, ah, she knew. Of course she knew. <laughs> of course. Of course. You don't live with somebody for X amount of years and not know what's going on. And I know my liberal friends will hate to hear these words, but once again, was right. I know, I know, it, it kills the liberals, it kills the Democrats. But when Trump said these terrorists' family members always know what's up, or at least most of the time know what's up, well, guess what? Pulse Nightclub, the wife knew what was up. The wife knew, could have stopped this, or at the very least, could have called the authorities and said, hey, listen, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. My husband is a little kooky. He's a little nutty. He's a Muslim. He's talking about jihad. He's got a bunch of guns. I think he's up to something really, really bad. He transferred our house, the ownership, to his um, family members for 10 bucks. He's making sure I have access to his bank accounts. And he just bought me a really, really expensive piece of jewelry. Now, maybe this is all... 
meaningless. Maybe it's all nothing, but it seems a little funky to me. So uh, I'm just telling you, police, FBI, somebody, you need to uh, maybe question them. Maybe, just maybe, put a tail on them, a little surveillance, something. So this woman could have done that. And if she would have done that, 50 people would still be alive. She would have done that, 50 people would have still been alive. She knew what was going on, just like the mom in San Bernardino knew what was going on. Just like And you don't hear about it, kind of got swept under the rug, the bomber in New York City. Remember the uh, pressure cooker bombs? Nobody was killed, but remember the one bomb went off and there were others planted around New York City? And he lived in a building with his parents? And his sister or some other family member. And of course, they didn't know anything. Yeah, BS. (laughs) BS. BS. So, interesting development. We're not really hearing that today. We're not, listen, when I say this, we're not hearing about it today. You don't have to send me an email and go, look, look, here's an article. Look, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Of course, it's going to be reported on. What I mean is 24-hour news coverage, panel after panel, discussing it. From Van Jones to uh, you know, Don Lem, whoever, where they discuss it and they talk about what could have prevented. That's what I mean by getting coverage. Okay, that's what I mean. Not just a quick, oh, this, uh, uh you know, uh, Omar Mateen's uh, widow arrested. Uh, blah 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 blah. Okay, goodbye. Talking about people having a discussion. Talking about Allah Akbar, peace upon the prophet of God. That's what I'm talking about, but we move on. So it's Rob's Carey, it's Rob's Carey Show. Real quick, we're not going to leave. We're just taking a quick second so we have time to slide in a little commercial break here. And one of my favorite bits of all time, the Trump Muslim question from, I think, New Hampshire many, many, many months ago. Don't go away. We'll be right back in 52 seconds. 53 seconds, actually. It's Rob's Carey. It's Rob's Carey Show. So... 
So I'm really honored by the crowd, and we're going to have some fun now, because instead of making a speech, which I've been doing over and over and over, I want to take questions. Don't we like that, right? Okay. All right, let's start with this group right over here. Come on. Okay, this man, I like this guy. From White Plains. Amen. Okay. We have a problem in this country. It's called Muslims. We know our current president is one. Right. You know he's not even an American. We need this first question. This is man. First but anyway, we have training camps growing where they want to kill us. Mm -hmm. That's my question. When can we get rid of We're going to be looking at a lot of different things. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that, and a lot of people are saying that bad things are happening out there. We're going to be looking at that and plenty of other things. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Scare, Rob Scare Show. That's one of my favorite bits. And we're going to talk about that um, in a little while because just like I said last week, this whole uh, Trump and Russian hacking and illegitimate, it's all the left's way of payback for Trump. And I've been saying that uh, for weeks. I've been saying that for weeks. I, I wish the left would just come out and say, we're doing this because of birtherism. I would say we just fess up and go, this is why we're doing it. And we talked about uh, Jonathan Kapar, the Washington Post um, writer, who did an article last week that said Donald Trump has his own uh, birther um, crisis. And in the article, he basically said, hey, we're doing this because uh, birtherism. And on CNN today, uh, Van Jones said the exact same thing. So at least now they're saying it. At least now they're coming out and saying, we are doing this as payback to Trump. We are doing this as payback. He did it to Obama. We're doing it now to him. Remember, guys, we had this conversation before. Everything the left is doing, and, and why this is different, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it till, till my lungs can't say it anymore. Why this is different is because when Trump did it, and let me, let me break this down for some of my liberal friends. When Trump did it, he was just a citizen. Now, granted, he was doing it on behalf of Mitt Romney, but he was still just a citizen. He's a developer. Obama and the Democrats are doing it, and Obama's the president of the United States. Obama's using Clapper. He, he's using the administration to push the Donald Trump isn't legitimate narrative. And that's where it's different. And I had this conversation with my mom, actually, who's a big liberal. But she's a smart liberal. I know, that's hard to find, but she is. She's a liberal, but she's for border security. She believes, you know, uh, America should come first. But she's big on abortion, and nobody should be able to tell a woman what to do with their body, and blah, blah, blah. 
But she even said, oh, this is payback. And I don't want to believe that Obama directed this, but I got to imagine he did. And I said, of course he did. And I said, that's what makes it so effed up. If it was just the Democrats, okay, fine. But it's Obama. It's Clapper. It's not the intelligence community that Trump is upset with. It's Clapper. It doesn't mean a spy or a soldier in the intelligence community that's risking their life that Trump is questioning. It's the political appointments. It's the Clappers. It's the Brennans. It's the guys that were appointed by Obama. And that's what makes this whole thing different. And like I said, in Obama's mind, in Obama's mind, he is the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. In Obama's mind, he should have his face on Mount Rushmore. And the only reason he's not going to have his face on Mount Rushmore is because Donald Trump put the birther uh, issue in play. And there's millions of Americans who, no matter what they're told, will always believe that Obama was born in Kenya. He's a Muslim. And he's not a legitimate president. Just like that clip I played, that guy going... Hey, man, what are we going to do about these Muslims? Everybody knows the president's one of them. And, we, and Trump didn't say, sir, Obama is not a Muslim. Remember when that happened, everybody was like, ah, oh, Trump should have put that guy in his place. Instead, he just laughed. Ah. So in Obama's mind, he sees that blemish on what, in his mind, is a great record. Is greatest president in the history of mankind. You have Washington, Lincoln, Obama. And if it wasn't for birthers, and if it wasn't for the whole Muslim Kenyan thing. Next year, they'd be chiseling his face on Mount Rushmore. And he harbors that, man. He harbors that. And that's why we have this whole Russian hack thing. Oh, the, the Trump is illegitimate. He's, he's real president. He's not the real hack. But the hacking that's been going on for years... The hacking that you knew about when you told Putin, knock it off. The hacking that you knew about when you made fun of Trump by saying, oh, the, the elections are rigged. The election, and you were like, hey, this just sounds like someone making up excuses. This just sounds like somebody that, that's whining. Well, hacking was going on then. Nobody seemed to give two craps about it then. And when those emails were being leaked, 
the media kept saying, nah, there's nothing here to see. All this stuff is already baked into the Hillary cake. It's already baked in. People know uh, that certain workers have problems with Chelsea. Big deal. And if we just ignore the connections to the press, well, there's nothing here to see. But they always had in the back of their mind, by a miracle, by a miracle, by a long shot, by being struck by lightning twice in the same day, Trump wins. They have the illegitimate. They, they have the questioning his presidency in their back pocket. And that's what you see now. And it's driven by Obama. It's payback. And Van Jones said it over uh, at uh, the, the Wolf Blitzer, the CNN. And I'll read, quote, It seems to me that there is an irony here that others have mentioned that Donald Trump seemed to have opened the door for this kind of disrespect for the president. In other words, he seems to be, Donald Trump, seems to be asking for a respect of the office and a respect of the office holder that he did not himself grant to President Obama. I think it's hard sometimes for people who are liberals, who are Democrats, to hear Trump supporters say that we should now govern ourselves in a way that Donald Trump did not. And when Wolfie said, are you referencing birtherism? Van Jones said, yes, I am. And it took Trump almost eight years to finally admit that President Obama was born here and to stand by that statement. So Van Jones said what Jonathan Kapar said last week. It's payback. That's all. It's payback. So when you see John Lewis coming out saying oh, he he's not the real president. He he he's I don't regard him as the real president. He's illegitimate. And you see all these other news agents cuz remember every single one of these news agencies, these fake news agencies all predicted Hillary Clinton to win in a landslide. Every single one of them. And to save face, they're pushing the narrative of the Russian hacking. Because if it wasn't for the Russian hacking, all their predictions would have came true. So, of course, they're pushing it because they need to save face. When you have all of these pundits... who on every single show, every day, for 16 months, said, I guarantee Donald Trump will not win. And you have pro-Trump people replaying those videos over and over. They're able to go, well, if it wasn't for the Russians, 
And if you look at the national polls, we weren't wrong because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. And if you look, the national polls had Hillary Clinton winning by 5%. And if you take a look, she won by 3 So technically, the polls are really off. By t- now, all of a sudden, the polls go by popular vote. You know, now all of a sudden the polls go by popular vote. Now all of a sudden the pollsters are right. Nate Silver's right. Nate Silver goes, well, if you take into account the states that Hillary needed to win the presidency, it's about an 80 to 90,000 uh, person factor, voter factor. And you could just look at those people and say uh, the Russian hacking influenced them. Russian misinformation, because that's the other spin. We're not talking about the emails and the truth of the emails. Now it's the Russian hacking and them making fake news sites that put fake news uh, into the um, sphere of people, uh, you know, bait clicking, and that's what. The, oh my God! Okay, okay. I mean, I heard Hillary Clinton do a, a whole riff at a, at a party. Nate, and she even quotes Nate Silver. She, she referenced him. Nate Silver said, Nate Silver. Now Nate Silver, <laughs> Nate Silver throughout the election, and, and forget the Hillary Trump election, throughout the primaries, Nate Silver was saying Donald Trump is not going to win the primaries. So take away the hacking. Take, take away the Russian hacking involving Hillary. Nate Silver during the primaries. Nate, Nate Silver during the primaries said Donald Trump will never win. During the primaries, Nate Silver said he'll never win. And then we get to the general, and he said Donald Trump will never win. Now it's... Well, Nate Silver said that the Russians and, and, and the hacking caused these 80,000 people to flip their votes. And that's what caused Donald Trump to win the presidency. And the funny thing is, they're factoring in three states that were flipped, but... They're not factoring the other states that Trump really wasn't supposed to win. Trump wasn't supposed to win Ohio. He wasn't supposed to win Florida. He wasn't supposed to win those two states. They're only factoring in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. But the other states Trump wasn't supposed to win. Liberals want to go, well, technically... She won by the popular vote by three, but it's not based on the popular vote. Stop it. Well, still, if you, no, still not, because she lost Florida. She wasn't supposed to lose Florida. She wasn't supposed to lose Ohio. She wasn't supposed to lose those two states. 
You you don't win. Listen, if you're up five points in a national poll, you you don't lose Florida and you don't lose Ohio. So so stop. I get it. Everybody's trying to spin. Get it. I, I get it, but just enough. Enough. Just say we're doing this, A, because us in the media look so bad. B, us Democrats are doing it as payback. That's it. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. That's all. That's it. Just say it. Real simple. And I always describe the hacking thing as something pretty basic. And I'll try to frame it in a different way for new viewers, new listeners. This whole hacking thing is essentially catching your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend cheating on you by looking at their phone or your computer buddy hacking their email and telling you about their daily rendezvous involving 10-man gangbangs. And then you confront your significant other with this information and they get mad at you for either looking at their phone or having a friend that hacked their email. And so the conversation is not about the daily gangbangs that your significant other is involved with. And when you think they're at Bible study, they're actually having people gangbang them. And then they come home and give you a nice wet kiss right on your lips. And you can't figure out why for the last six months, every time you get a kiss on your lips from your girlfriend, kind of smell bleach. It's a bleachy, pungent smell. And sometimes your significant other has crust in their hair. That also smells like bleach. So the conversation doesn't become that. It becomes, why did you look at my phone? Uh, You know what? I looked at your phone because for the last six months, uh, every time you come home from Bible study, you smell bleach. So I got a little curious. So, yeah, I looked at your phone, and I saw that every single night, instead of going to talk about Jesus, You're having uh, 10 or 15 guys ejaculate in your face. Oh, well, you invaded my privacy. That's wrong. How dare you? That's bad. That's Oh, okay, I get it. I looked at your phone. But let's talk about the gangbangs. No, that's not the issue, right? And that's like what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing. Listen. If the email, if the email was so bad, 
And remember, so true. If that email was so bad and so true, and it influenced somebody to go, I was going to vote for Hillary, but then I saw this email where her handlers are talking about how they hate Chelsea so much, I'm going to vote for Trump. If that information, if that truthful information that was hidden was influenced or influencing somebody to not vote for, what's the difference how the information gets out? If there's information that somebody is trying to hide and it's shifty and it's shady, does it matter how the information gets out? Because I didn't hear too many people bitching and whining that an anonymous source, the New York Times, trumps tax returns. And then the New York Times printed the tax returns. And the New York Times editor-in-chief said he would risk going to jail to do what he did. I didn't hear too many people being upset by that. I didn't hear too many people being upset every time a story came out that involved somebody who was an anonymous source and who signed a confidentiality agreement, and they talked to the Daily Beast, or they talked to the Washington Post. I didn't hear too many people going, hey, you know what? This is messed up. They're doing a story and using information that they got from somebody that wasn't supposed to be... um, giving out that information because that person signed an agreement that said they would not speak. And instead, this newspaper or this website is writing a story using that information that that person is technically breaking a contract, breaking the law, or at least contract law, whatever the hell you would want a civil law. By divulging that information, I didn't hear too many people complaining about that. I didn't hear anybody complaining about that. Why? Because the information was true. And people said, well, we have a right to know that. We have a right to know that. We, we don't care that the New York Times printed it and somebody obtained it illegally. We don't care. It's information that we should know. It doesn't matter how we got it. We don't care that the Daily Beast is running a story that said Trump called little John Uncle Tom. It doesn't matter that the people giving that information are people that sign non-disclosure agreements. It doesn't matter. That's information we, the American people, need to know. So what's it matter how the information on Hillary Clinton or John Podesta got out? The information was true. The information pertaining to Donna Brazil was true. The information pertaining to Dana Bash, Gloria Borger, Hack Tapper, true, true, true. 
Glenn Trust, true. Maggie Haberman, true. What does it matter how that information got out there? What, what, what does it matter? As Hillary Clinton said many moons ago, what difference does it make? So what difference does it make? What difference does it make how the Hillary Clinton information got out there? So you're going to tell me that if your friend produced emails from your girlfriend and her coordinating uh, gangbangs, you would look at that email and go, you know what? Uh, I love my girlfriend. I don't care that she's been doing gangbangs instead of going to Bible class. You got this email illegally into her emails. This is wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's wrong. We have a great relationship. Now, according to this email, last night she had 12 guys ejaculate in her face. Yes, so? Doesn't matter. You got that information illegally. Okay, you're right, bro. But she still got 12 guys ejaculate in her face and then came home and shared that ejaculate with you. So you're cool with that? Because I hacked her email and it was wrong? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Oh, okay. You must be the biggest cuckold loser jack-off in the history of mankind. I am, because that information you just gave me was illegally obtained. Okay. Of course you wouldn't be all right with that. Of course you wouldn't be all right with that. And when you confronted your girlfriend or your boyfriend, maybe it's your boyfriend who's got 12 guys ejaculating in his face. Whatever. Of course you wouldn't be okay with it. You know, you would say, hey, honey, uh, I got these emails, and I know the way I got them was wrong. I know it was bad. I know it invaded your privacy, and shame on me. But we got a problem. Because according to these emails that you've been corresponding uh, people have been ejaculating in your face. You've been cheating on me for the last six months. When I think you're praying to Jesus, you're praying to the altar of penis. Okay? We got a big problem. I know I'm wrong. I, I, I'm ho- totally wrong. So are you going to get a divorce? And, and when your wife or your boyfriend or husband back, when they're like, yeah, I want uh, half the st- you're not going to contest it? You're going to be like, you know what? They deserve, well, didn't they cheat on you? They did, but the way I found out about it was wrong. I found out about it via a hacked email. Oh, well, of course. Hacked email. Yeah, any information you get from a hacked email, pff, forget about it. You, you didn't look, oh, and I did look at her phone. She was in the shower, but now I know she was washing the semen off her face. But I looked at her phone and I seen 
text messages. Oh, yeah, you can't. Sure. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. You went on her phone without her permission? Yeah. Nah. Okay. So you owe her half of everything. We're just going to put on the divorce uh, irreconcilable differences. No cheating. No. No. And when your mom and dad ask why uh, your your family split, your kids are living half the time, well, you just tell them that you didn't get along anymore. Not that she was getting ejaculates in her face on a daily basis. Get the F out of here. Are you people retarded? Seriously, are you people retarded? Of course you're retarded. Because nobody... No one in the history of of mankind would go along with that program. So why the hell are we sitting here going, oh, the Russians hacked Hillary's email. The information that we all knew from those emails, that makes Donald Trump illegitimate. Why is it making him illegitimate? Well, because those emails are hacked by the Russians. I don't care who it was hacked by. I don't care if it was hacked by the Pope. What does it matter? Oh, but it's a foreign go- foreign government. Again, I don't care if a foreign government told me that my wife was involved in daily gangbangs. I don't care how I got the information. So your kid gets kidnapped. Okay, your kid gets kidnapped. And you think it was, I don't know, a coworker or you, whoever. And you do everything in your power to find information about that kidnapping. Maybe you have your friend hack your coworker's email. And in the email, you find out that the coworker's got all these pictures of your kidnapped kid. And he's having sex with your kid. He's, he's, he's doing a horrible, horrible things to your kid. What do you do? He's, you know, oh, well, I got that via hacking. I had my friend illegally crack their email account. That's how I found out that he kidnapped my child and he's raping them every day. But you know what? I can't stop it because I got the email via a hack. Really? Really? But see, nobody presents any of this stuff to any of the douchebag liberals that are on TV because any of the opposition is controlled opposition. Any of the Republican opposition on these programs are all controlled. It's like a sparring partner. That's all they are. As much as I like Jeffrey Lord or, or Scotty Neal Hughes, who I hear isn't even with CNN anymore, or Kellyanne McBee, they're controlled opposition. It's a sparring partner. A sparring partner is paid to not hurt the champion. It's to give a little resistance to tune the champion up, but they can't hurt the champion. They can't try to knock out the champion. And if they do, they're fired. So the opposition that's on all these programs isn't really opposition. They have to be controlled how they go after Van Jones. They have to be controlled how they go after Paul Begala. 
They're controlled how they go after Anderson Cooper. Nobody says exactly what I said. It goes, all right, let, let's put this in a different way so all you liberals can, you know, understand this. Talk about cheating. Talk about the things that get to the heart. It's kind of like the whole Michael Dukakis, who I think was Bernie Shaw, who asked a question when CNN didn't play games, when they were like legit news. And I think it was Bernie Shaw. I could be wrong. Somebody uh, corrected me last week when I was talking about Time Warner. And somebody goes, dude, it's, it's Spectrum now. You're wrong. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But remember, I think it was Bernie Shaw when he said to Michael Dukakis about him being against the death penalty. He was like, oh, if your wife Kitty was kidnapped, bound, duct taped. <laughs> and raped <laughs> would you be in favor of the death penalty and Dukakis like no I wouldn't you know no no I wouldn't and people are like wow this dude is done he's so done he's deb- I mean raped it's the same thing somebody needs to tell these liberals alright listen Anderson Anderson, if you suspected your boyfriend of taking down some 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 penises every night, okay? You looked in his phone and seen that he was taking penises down. Does it matter how you found that out? Does it matter that you invaded his privacy? Does it matter that you hacked his phone? Or do you give him a pass? course not and you would just see Anderson Cooper like uh, 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 all of them would doesn't matter how you find information out it really doesn't bad stuff's going on doesn't matter I don't care who tells you or what doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter it's Rob Zuccari. It's Rob Zuccari Show. Oh, man. Don't forget, you can listen to us on uh, Spreaker, and you can listen to us on iTunes, and all of this wonderful conversations about male ejaculates and <laughs> Jones in his face. But yeah, Trumperism, birtherism, uh, Russianism. There you go. It's all there. It's all there. Um, take a quick break, and let's talk about John Lewis real quick. Quick break. Relax, guys. Don't, don't, don't get all nutty. We'll be right back. Where, where's the soundboard? Play this. Play. 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 All right. Twenty fifteen. During a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States Senator, one would think that a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? 
You would think, although as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this uh, case is that the, the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I, I don't think, so I would assume the same thing about someone who had been a senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. Oh, well, we're back. That was, uh, that was James Comey. Some days he's popular with Republicans. Some days he's popular with Democrats. Some days he's not popular with either. But that was a James Comey flashback. Real quick, Jimmy Superfly Snooker died over the weekend. Those of you who follow wrestling, he is the Superfly. People, people have some people have no people are like what are you talking about? Just super fly. He was a wrestler from the uh, well seventies and eighties, and he would jump off the top rope, give a a splash, and he wore uh, like leopard tights, and he actually killed a woman. Well. Uh, rumored to kill a woman, like a girlfriend, years and years and years ago, and he got away with it. And they were actually going to try to prosecute him again uh, or or bring charges against him, and they did, and then they opted not to because, uh, um, you know, the guy was suffering from, I think, uh, I don't know, Alzheimer's, I don't know what it was, but I just... It was a cold case, and they were going to reopen it. And they charged him with uh, third-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter, but then they dropped the charges when uh, the judge said, man, this guy can't stand trial. He can barely walk. He's going to die. Look at him. What's wrong with you? So he got away. I mean, he's going to go to hell or wherever the hell. Bad people go when they die, but Jimmy Snooker is dead. And his uh, big claim to fame, well, I mean, listen, he was, he was big, but one of the other big things was that uh, um, The Undertaker, he was the first person uh, The Undertaker beat. In WrestleMania, remember Undertaker had like the the twenty twenty and zero streak or uh, nineteen and zero. So Jimmy Snuka was uh, was the first person that started the streak. So Superfly is dead. Long live Superfly! All right, so let's talk about John Lewis. So over the weekend. Well, it actually happened Friday, um, and it got the uh, publicity over the weekend because Trump responded. Now, normally, when somebody says a president is illegitimate, um, the media jumps all over it. Normally, the media jumps all over it. So he was on with Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. And uh, him and Sleepy Eyes were uh, were discussing Trump, and John Lewis said, 
um, because of the Russian hacking, he doesn't believe uh, Trump is a legitimate president. Now, nobody reported on it. It will, Again, what I mean is there wasn't outrage. There wasn't New York Times outrage. There wasn't Washington Post outrage. There wasn't CNN outrage. There wasn't MSNBC outrage. There was no outrage. It was like, hey, Congressman John Lewis said Trump is not legitimate. It's pretty heavy. Okay. Next story. Now, normally, when I mean, remember the outrage when, uh, oh man, what was his con- with the congressman who screamed at Obama during the State of the Union? Liar or lied when Obama goes, "You keep your health care, you get." And it's a lie. Nobody ever calls Obama out on that. That's a lie. It's a hundred percent lie. Okay, this isn't a Republican talking point. It's a lie. I have a liberal douchebag friend, okay, who was on Anthem in California, in California and Anthem pulled out here in California. They, they wrote him a letter and said, uh, we're no longer covering you. Uh, we're no longer out here in California. Uh, see you later. There. When Obama said, if you like your church, you can keep it, that was a lie. There was outrage. How could that guy do it? And outrage from any anybody that's ever said anything bad about Obama. It's not his policies. It's 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 not the liberal agenda. It's you're against him because you're a racist. You don't like the president because you're a racist. You don't like the president because you have a problem with a black guy as the president. You oh Jesus Christ! Can I just not? be a liberal? Can I just not be a Democrat? Can I just, anybody that is in the office with a D next to their name? How about that? Do do I have to be a racist? Do do I have to, do I, do I have to be part of the neo-Nazi movement? Can can I just not like the fact that if I have money and I want to buy insurance, I can't? Can, Can I just, be really upset about that? No. Because this is our first black president. You must bow down. You must hail to the king. Uh, okay. You win. So normally, in any other situation, if a congressman and a congressman that everybody has told us is just respected. I mean, remember, John Lewis was a big civil rights guy. Not during him being a guy. He 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 was getting beaten. You know what Martin Luther King and 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 Selma. He wasn't. It, it didn't happen last year. <laughs> you know, for some reason, you're not allowed to say, "Hey, uh, Congressman Lewis, that thing you did uh, four years ago." was kind of crappy. What? How could you talk about a great civil rights leader like that? I'm not talking about him getting beaten by clubs during the Selma March. I'm talking about what he did five years ago. Well, you can't. What do you mean you can't? 
liberals thing, man. It's just like Ted Kennedy. You weren't allowed to ever talk about the fact that he was crap-faced and drove a woman home or wherever. he. Who knows what he was going to do? But he killed a woman. He, he drove off a bridge into the water and then waited like 24 hours to go and tell any. I mean, bad, 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 bad stuff. And if you ever bring that up, liberals are like, whoa, he's the liberal lion. Okay, I get it. He's the liberal lion. But he also was with a woman and he was drunk and he drove off a bridge and killed her. He didn't go back in the water to try to save her like he said he did. He didn't even tell anybody uh, about nothing. Dead. Dead. And you can't bring that up. And it's the same thing with John Lewis. Yes, he's a great civil rights leader. Yes, he did all these great things. He got beat with a club and he got fire hosed and and dogs bit him. Yes, uh, yes, horrible, horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. But we're not talking about 60 years ago. We're talking about now. And we're talking about somebody who is looked at as an icon. And when he says the president of the United States is not legitimate, and he's not some builder from New York, he's an icon. What does that say? To everybody else in the country. What does that say? To other congressmen, other senators. What does that say to the citizens of the United States? What does that say to world leaders? What does that say to Japan? What does that say to Germany? When they are constantly told that John Lewis is an icon. He's a legend. He's the most Congress. And here's this guy saying, yeah, uh, Trump's not my president. He's illegitimate. What does that say to What does it say to these countries? Well, you know what? You guys got an illegitimate president. What the hell kind of democracy do you have? And you're preaching to us? And you're telling us that we need to do a better job with X, Y, Z? Who the hell are you? You guys have a president that's illegitimate. One of the most respected, if not the most respected member of your government said he doesn't recognize Trump as his president. So, F you. F you, you're going to preach to us about uh, genocide, about children and, and, and women being slaughtered in Aleppo. Well, you know what? F you. You can't tell us anything. Why? Your president's illegitimate. You're going to tell us that we need to do a better fighting terrorism? <laughs> F you. Your president's illegitimate. You tell us we should have free and fair elections. Why? You don't. Why should we do any of this? You have a president that's illegitimate. 
which means your government is illegitimate. And the media is silent. And instead, Trump responds. Trump responds. And that's what set the media off. Because Trump responded. And because Trump responded with something that's factually accurate, they took the snippet of Trump saying, I'll talk, no action, and then put it with John Lewis, the civil rights leader, being beaten by cops in Selma, being attacked by dogs. How can that be someone who is all talk and no action? So the fact that John Lewis, the most respected member of Congress, this icon said to the country and to the world, I don't recognize the president of the United States as of Friday as being legitimate. So all of you could follow suit. And if the United States says, don't do this, don't do that, you can refuse and say, nope, you're not legitimate. You're not a real president. You're not a real democracy. You are not. I mean, forget Trump for a minute. Okay? Forget Trump for a minute. The repercussions of somebody that is an icon saying, yeah, the president of the United States isn't legitimate is a big deal. That gives license, so to speak. For not just the United States, but for the rest of the country, country, other countries, to also say the same thing. Other countries could say, uh, United States, you need to sit this out. What are you talking about? Hey, United States, we're going to pull this from you, whatever. But, you know, uh, seat at this table. Sit. Why? Because you're not legitimate. Like I said, remember the difference. A New York billionaire talking about birtherism is extremely different than John McCain or Rand Paul. And I don't remember any respected member of the Senate or Congress Maybe you guys could, could, could help me out here. You liberal douchebags, maybe you could help me out. I don't remember somebody who was looked at as an icon saying Obama wasn't born here. Call that. I don't recall any respected member of Congress ever doing an interview and saying, I don't regard this president as legitimate. And that's the difference. Because as much as people talked about eartherism, 
they knew it would kill us to have somebody like John McCain or Rand Paul. And, and, and Rand Paul's not even... I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of some old-school, respected Republican. Some old-schooler that's been around for 30 years saying, I don't think this president is legitimate. It's inconceivable to think of because they even know it's one thing to have Donald Trump, some, some reality show guy. Remember, we're talking about six years ago. It's one thing to have Donald Trump and Alex Jones and fringe websites going, the president was born in Kenya, the president was born in Kenya. I want to see his, his, his birth certificate. That's one thing. But to have John McCain Remember the, the 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 during the election there, the primaries, when the woman goes, I know he's a Muslim, and McCain goes, No, he's not, ma'am. He's a good Christian man. He's a good family man. We just have differences. McCain totally could have played that game. He didn't. Romney could have played that game. He didn't. It was the crazy reality show guy. Because even in the dark depths of political hell, they know you start doing that, you give other countries a license. Hell, you give the citizens a license. When Democrats bitch and moan about empowering the radical right, oh, you're giving them a voice, you're empowering them. You start talking about abortion doctors being murderers, and you start, you're inviting these crazies to go and, and kill abortion doctors and blow up clinics. Look what that guy did when he said, you're killing babies. You can't do... Okay. Well, when a sitting member of Congress, who is the icon, says, hey, this president's not legitimate, what signal does that send to the wackos on the left who are thinking, you know what? I can cap this mother effer. I could put a bullet in this mother effer's head. I'll be a hero. He's an illeg- he's illegitimate. He's not real. I could kill this mother effer. This icon of Congress just said an imposter is in the White House. I'm not following this imposter. I'm not doing a GD thing that this imposter, this fake, this illegitimate person, president, fake, is going to say. So the same rationale that the left uses as it pertains to abortion doctors and clinics, 
Oh, you can't say that. You're flaming. You're de-. not not a peep about John Lewis, the icon. Not until Trump said. Not until Trump said that Lewis needs to uh, worry about his own district, his district that's in horrible shape and falling apart, and not to mention crime infested. And the minute Trump said that, oh, the media was just, what? No one said a word about what Lewis said. Like I said, they did say, but weren't outraged. Nobody said, hey, man, that sets a, 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 a dangerous precedent. Instead, the outrage is Trump saying in horrible shape and falling apart. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, not from, I don't know, the FBI, not from some Republican think tank, but from the Atlanta Journal, okay? The Atlanta Journal, something that's based in Atlanta. So it, it, it's not some outsider trying to play games with stats, but it's the Atlanta Journal. And they talked about Atlanta being part of the top 25 murder capitals in the United States. Murder rate of 20.2 per 100,000 civilians and 94 total murders in 2015. The Metro City ranked number 18 among 25 cities. Now, liberals can cherry pick this and say, yeah, but those FBI stats are... Look at the industry that's in Atlanta. Look at all the... Well, okay. There's industry in Chicago. You got the football team. You got the Chicago Bears still doesn't take the fact away that it's the murder capital of the world, for heaven's sakes. Man, we could do the same thing with Chicago. Oh, well, that's just an inflated number. You got to look at all the things that are in Chicago. You got to look. They got a football team, and they've got these businesses. Okay. All right. Still doesn't take away the fact that it's the number one place and I say the world and people laugh but I I mean the death rate in Chicago is you know rivals a a war city like a a Aleppo a, a place like that I mean, they have no rules. They have, it, it's just like, let's kill everybody. We actually have law, and yet still, you got people getting killed uh, d- daily. 
So if you take all that into account, I, I say it's the, the, the murder capital of the world. If you want to dispute that, fine, at least in the United States. Okay? And you could talk about uh, the businesses and the luxury high-rises that are in Atlanta again. What do you, you think the, the players uh, in Chicago, you think the football players, you think Jay Cutler, you think they live where people are getting killed on a daily basis? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not, stupid. So when Trump's talking about crime and a crime rate, he's not talking about the luxurious high-rises in Atlanta. He's talking about the place where people are getting killed that puts them uh, on the map as a top 25 murder capital, number 18 to be exact. And only the media... Only the media can pretend, only the media can pretend what John Lewis said was no big deal and only be outraged when Trump responds and pretend Trump didn't respond to what John Lewis said as far as the legitimacy of his presidency. Instead, it was Trump attacking John Lewis getting attacked by dogs during the Selma march, and then trying to dismiss the crime rate in John Lewis's district by saying there's Fortune 500 companies in that area. You have Coca-Cola. You have Delta Airlines. What is Trump talking about? Okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. You could you could you could fluff all that you want. High rises. Look the high rises. Look at these high rises. We have one of the world's largest aquariums. Yeah, and Chicago has the Bears. They have the Cubs. What does that mean? How could how can you say Chicago has all this crime? Look, they have a football team and a baseball team. Yeah, and they also have people killing each other on a daily basis. What does that mean, stupid? The crime rate in Los Angeles every year has been going up. What do you mean? They got movie stars and they got Beverly Hills. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they do. There's also a thing called Tent City on every corner in downtown LA. Okay? Yeah, we have Billy Hills and we have Hollywood. You're right. They're heavily protected. Yeah, she rolls in Beverly Hills. The Beverly Hills police will put you roll into Beverly Hills in a jalop car. You will get pulled over and get beaten to death. You roll around in Bel Air. Again, it is but the media does what they do because the low information voter reads the article and goes, Yeah, what what Trump talking about? Look, CNN is saying it's Coca Cola. 
is she talking about? And then the low information goes away going, and Donald Trump is he's stupid. He, how can he say this guy that got beaten up by police officers marching with Martin Luther King is all talking no action? Well, because that's not what Trump was talking about. Six years ago, John, not so much. Okay? In the last 10 years, not so much. All right? Not so much. Have be number 18 as far as uh, murder capitals? Not so much. All right? You follow me? Oakland, California. How can you say that? They got the Oakland A's. You got the Oakland Raiders. How can you say that? You've got all this industry and business down there, and there's high-rises. Yeah. And there's also a lot of killing, okay? There's also a lot of killing. The killing doesn't happen around the effing high-rises, stupid. Because the area that has Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines is not in the skittish, nasty area of Atlanta. It's not in the nasty, skittish area of John Lewis's 5th and District. You dumb mother effer. Why do you why do you think it took twenty some odd years for uh Los Angeles to get a football team? What why do you why do you think? You know why? I mean let me explain to you why. Because the area which is the Coliseum, which USC still plays at is in the most disgusting, dirtiest, filthiest, crime-ridden area. Not the crime-ridden area, but it's, it's a disgusting area of Los Angeles. And the NFL said, listen, if you want to get one of our football teams, you're not going to put it at the Coliseum. You're not going to put a football team that, that needs to get Families, you're not doing it. Why do you think Staples Center and the Clippers and the Lakers play there and not at the Forum, which is the Coliseum, in the same crappy, disgusting area of Los Angeles? Stupids. You don't put beautiful high-rises. And you don't put industry and you don't put these places that you need millions and millions and millions of people to in disgusting crime-ridden areas. So when you talk about Los Angeles crime, and you go, wow, look how many people get, what are you talking about? They got no, yeah. All these great areas don't have crime because there's a police presence because they do what they got to do to make 
sure no crime exists. That crime is in other places of Los Angeles. Just crime in other places of Atlanta. Other places of Chicago. Other places of Cincinnati, Ohio. Other places. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is ranked number 10. What are you going to say? What are you doing? They got the Green Bay Packers. Stupid. Just stupid. But the media, they run with it. John Lewis, he's civil rights icon. Okay, yeah. What does that have to do with the last 10 years of being a congressman? What, what does that have to do with being a congressman for the last 10 years? Nothing. Nothing. Does that mean you're not allowed to question anything John Lewis does? It's like a perpetual pass. According to liberals, it's a perpetual pass. It's like the J. It's like Ted Kennedy. Oh man, he lost both his brothers. Come on, you can't, you can't bring up the fact that the guy killed a woman driving. You can't bring up the fact that he he's also one of the great gropers in the Senate. You can't bring up the fact that the guy literally would swim. In the congressional pool and like flop his junk around to the few women that were in Congress purposely just to make a feel uncomfortable. You can't bring that up. Come on. He's the liberal lion. Why? He's also a real scumbag. The media. Outrage. Hippocrat. Rob Zakari Show will be right back. And I mean right back. Don't go away. 2015, during a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now, this would be laughable if it wasn't so serious. I know, you know, my constituents in eastern Iowa know you don't need to be a cat burglar to hack into an email server, and you don't need a cloth to wipe a server clean. One would think that a former United States senator, one would think that a former Secretary of State would know this as well. Would you agree with that statement? You would think, although as I said before, one of the things I've learned in this uh, case is that the the Secretary may not have been as sophisticated as people assume. She didn't have a computer in her office at the State Department, for example. So I I don't think, so I would assume the same thing about someone who'd been a Senator and a high-ranking official. I'm not sure it's a fair assumption in this case. All right, we're back. Rob's Gary Show. That was my James Comey clip. You would think. You would think that Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you would think. So, you got Mark Ruffalo, Michael Moore, Alec Baldwin to lead anti-Trump in New York the City. Anti-Trump protest. It's a trip. It's a trip. It really is a trip watching celebrities. Uh, A, not learn their lesson, and B, B, (laughs) act like they are oppressed. Act like they're oppressed. Make videos. I will survive. 
Oh, hey, you will survive. You what? You'll survive in your mansion, you jerk off? You're going to survive in your mansion? You're going to survive in your chauffeured limousines? What are you talking about? It doesn't matter who the president is, you jack off. There's not one thing the president of the United States can do that affects you whatsoever. Not one thing. Matter of fact, uh, hell, if you go with what Trump is proposing with taxes, you'll pay less in taxes. So, so what are you being affected by? What, what are you being affected by that you need to, to sing, you will survive? Gun legislation. What gun legislation? You have armed security guards, jerks. Global warming. What global? What? You, you've got a mansion. You use as much electricity as you want. You use as much water as you want. $15 minimum wage. What? What, what does that matter? You bitch. Because you got paid $5 million on this movie, opposed to Ben Affleck, who got $8 million on this movie. That's some, some, some inequality there. Are you kidding me? Hey, there's not, there's not enough black people that won the Academy Award this year. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You got some places where black unemployment is 10, 15%. And you got black people in Hollywood going, hey man, what's up? They only gave us one award at the Academy Awards. This is outrageous. This is outrageous. Outrageous. Every day. Every single day, a young black man and woman is killed, shot, murdered in Chicago. And you're outraged because you only won one Academy Award? Get, get, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Alec Baldwin, he's going to protest. This guy's got balls bigger than... Remember, this is the guy that called a reporter. And, and, and this happened more than one time. A fag- he called a reporter a faggot. I, I thought that's like punishable by death for doing that. Like, that's homophobic. I, like, like there's no taking that back. Right? I, I, I thought in the little world... By calling someone a faggot is the kiss of liberal death. And here's Alec Baldwin. He's going to march. He's going to march with Michael Moore and Mark Ruffalo. It's Michael Moore. Who, if you think about it, was the original... Alex Jones, not even truther. Remember, Michael Moore is the original that said, hey, man, there's something a little bit more to this 
9-11 thing. He's the original truther. He's the original truther. And Mark Ruffalo, or whatever his name is, he's just a jerk-off, okay? He's just, he's just a celebrity jerk-off. Go jerk-off who complains about fracking and complains about oil drilling. He complains about uh, the, the environment. He complains about all this while he consumes as much of the earth as he can with, with the fossil fuels and the water and the it, it's your typical jerk off. We're gonna march. We're gonna march. I'll say it again. Imagine if this type of stuff went Obama won. Imagine if there was all this, these, mar- we're going to march, and, and now there's reports coming out that these groups, and I'm not saying the Alec Baldwin groups, but other groups are, are talking about, uh, you know, violent acts. Like violent acts. And then you got Al Sharpton part of the mix. Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton has a show on MSNBC. Now, again, we could go to the history of Al Sharpton, which is kind of like going through the history of Alec Baldwin. And somehow, they get a pass. But Al Sharpton has a show on MSNBC. How is it that he's doing protests? How? He's got a show on MSNBC. I remember when Daily Beast did this story about being outraged that Sean Hannity traveled on an airplane, did a promo for Donald Trump. They were outraged. Oh, all of these liberals are out. Whoa, could Sean Hannity. Oh, he's got a show on MSNBC. And, and he's leading marches. Talking about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. The king of racism. This is this guy. You want to talk about somebody being a shifty, shady, disgusting, vile, race baiting troll? Al Sharp. He is the quintessential king. Mr. Tawana Brawley himself. Only reason. He's still associated with MSNBC. It's because he tells MSNBC, I, I, will, I will burn this place down. I will have my thousand core members burn this place down. I will scream racism. I will scream because any, anybody else with the baggage of Al Sharpton w- would not be on any television station. I mean, they wouldn't. You, it so you got Al Sharpton. You got uh, the original truther, Michael Moore. And you got Alec Baldwin, who calls reporters faggots. And his, like, eight-year-old daughter, Pig. 
<laughs> People were outraged that Trump said, you know, if I wasn't uh, the father of Ivanka, I perhaps would be dating her. Oh, my God, you incestuous monster. And here's Alec Baldwin calling a seven-year-old girl a pig. Wow. <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek. Because, I mean, let's face it, that, that was a over-the-top, tongue-in-cheek, comedic moment. It wasn't a legitimate politician, you know, hey, I was just thinking. I, that was, I'm going to be on The View. I'm going to say something outrageous. I'm going to say something crazy. No different than a comedian working some type of shtick into his act or talk about having sex with a dog. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know every routine that Louis C.K. has done, but, you know, there's some there's some edgy stuff. Rather, he's talking about Jews or talking about calling his kids, uh, you know, nay. I, but Alec Baldwin was like, you're a pig. You're a rude pig. You. M- wow. That's what you do when you're mad at someone? There's no tongue-in-cheek joking. That's, I'm mad at you, and I'm going to tell you what I think. You're a pig. I'm mad at you. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. You're a faggot. And he's the liberal hero. Okay. So there you go. There, there's the big, there's the big march. All of these disgruntled celebrities. It's always great to watch celebrities there. I will survive. I know you'll survive with a twenty-five million dollar paycheck, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> You know, I'm very upset. What are you upset about, honey? Well, I found out that they paid Bradley Cooper four more million dollars than they paid me. Why? What did What did you get? Like, like he got four million and you got like five hundred bucks? No, I got I got four and a half million dollars for this role, and Bradley Cooper got eight million. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, woo. You see these celebrities? I'm so upset. I'm so upset. And I put my foot down, and I told the producers the next time, I have to get paid the $10 million that you're paying George Clooney, okay? And George agreed. Oh, wow. Tough. 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 There you go. I will survive. Yes, you will survive with the $10 million paycheck. You you definitely will survive, stupid. You, you will survive. You're going to survive. See, all of these celebrities, they don't care. With all of these, you know, policy, they don't Oh, well, you're, you can't water your lawn anymore. Well, the average people can't water their lawn. Celebrities can water their lawn. Oh, you, you, you're going to have to ride your effing bike to school. Okay? You're going to have to ride your, your, your bike to school or, or to work or wherever. Because we're, we're cutting down on how many cars could be on the road here in California because of the pollution. 
except for the celebrity. It's like when they throw out proposals, they're going to limit the days that you I, I God, they've thrown this out there. Where the license plate. Proposal. I'm not saying their policies don't get all, all this Republican democracy. No, no, no. Proposals. If you're going out here in la-la land, shut the F up. When Jerry Brown talking about this tax, and then we're going to cut down this freeway, and we're going to institute more bike lanes. Bike lanes. That's what they talk about. That affects middle-class and low-class people. It doesn't affect rich celebrities. It doesn't affect celebrities that are out there going, we will survive. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't affect them. And they're throwing out proposals. Uh, talking about you only use your car based on uh, you know a, a certain day of the week based on it's like a bazillion policy because of the traffic down on your license plate if it ends in uh, an odd number you could only drive on certain days or if it's on an even day you could only drive on even days and that the car and you could get a fine or a ticket if you're driving, uh, you know, a car. Under. Well, if you're rich and you got money, you have multiple cars. So you have a car. Uh, so you could drive uh, on your e- even days and you got a car that you could drive on your odd days. Carpooling. You know, you could only do certain things that you got a carpool. Well, okay. Again, all of these policies. affect middle to lower people. When you hear, again, places like California, again, the celebrities saying, I will survive. And Jim Brown's talking about adding an extra 50 cents or an extra 75 cents on top of a gallon of gasoline. Who do you think that hurts? Not the celebrities, not the celebrities that are talking about having to survive. It hurts the middle class to lower class people. Those people that go, oh, man, it cost me $50 to fill up my car today. It normally cost me $30. Now it cost me $50 because of the, the, the gas prices. And you know what liberals say? You know what their uh, 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 comeback is? Well, don't live in California. Move. Move. I've, I've heard Bill Maher on more than one occasion say this. Well, move. Move to a state that no one really wants to live in. And then you'll pay 80 cents to a dollar less for gasoline. But you see, California is great. We care about our environment. We care about whatever liberal activist BS they have. And that why you pay what it is so get out they say get out then these are the very people that are doing videos that are talking about we will survive we will survive we will survive yeah 
Of course you're going to survive, stupid. Do what I hope happens. I'm going to tell you what I hope happens. what I hope happens. This is what I hope happens. When these Michael Moores and and uh, uh, Alec Baldwin's and Rapallo and uh, and uh, Blasio and and uh, the other scumbag Al Sharpton when they're out there protesting and they're whipping people in a frenzy. I I hope I hope because all of these liberals and all of these activists they they're, they're just covers for anarchy. That's all they are. That's why any time you see the Black Lives Matter marches it always turns into let's throw rocks at this building. Let's break this window. Uh, you know, it's never some, as the media likes to say, peaceful pro. It's never. It's always what turned out to be a peaceful protest evolved into mayhem and chaos because a few bad people. Yeah, okay, sure, few bad people. So I hope when the Baldwins and the Blasios are out there. And they're whipping everybody up into this frenzy. A few of these bad people who are just there to cause chaos turn around and punch Alec Baldwin right in his face. And when he hits the ground, they just start kicking and punching the living crap out of him. And then they grab Michael Moore and they do the same to him, but they strip him naked. So his fat, blubberly, pale, milky white body is all exposed. And they start riding him like uh, Ned Beatty got rid in uh, Deliverance. And they're like, And he's like, And they're smacking him on his big white ass. That's what I hope happens. I hope chaos descends. Then Baldwin and Michael Moore get caught right in the middle. That's what I hope. Maybe I'm wrong for saying that. Maybe I'm wrong for hoping death and destruction to Alex Baldwin and Michael Moore and Al Sharpton and Bill Blasio. And Mark Paul. Maybe I'm wrong, but I hope it happens. And I think it's inevitable. Because liberal marches, liberal protests, always, always digress into violence and mayhem. And I hope these jack-offs get caught right in the middle. I hope they get caught right in the middle. I hope we see Michael Moore as Ned Beatty from Deliverance. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. Don't go away. Please, don't go away. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up. And uh, uh, A couple of what I wanted, I wanted to talk about. What the hell did I want to talk I wanted to talk about something that was pertinent before I, uh, b- before I got into the whole 
celebrity I will survive because, of course, uh, you know, so oppressed. I don't know. Well, I'll think of it during the break. Don't go away. It's Rob Scary Show right back after these special succulent words. Does that work? I don't know. It's Rob Scary. We'll be right back. You, 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 you. This is gonna be you. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Scary, Rob Scary Show. Don't forget, you can listen to us on uh, Spreaker. Uh, Spreaker.com, type in the Rob Scary Show, and uh, all of our episodes are there. You could also listen to us on iTunes. Um, punch in iTunes. You know how to get to iTunes. Do I got to explain it to you? Please. So punch in iTunes. <laughs> I'm doing it anyways. And uh, do the Rob Zakari show. And you'll see the Rob Zakari show. You'll love it. You'll love it. And then, of course, you could go to iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Punch in the Rob Zakari show. And you'll love it there. You just love all of these places to listen to the Rob Zakari show. And then you could follow us on uh, Twitter. So, listen, real quick. Let me just throw this out there. I need a programming note. Okay, programming note. We will not be on the tomorrow. I know. That sucks, and it's horrible, and I'm going to get grief from some of you for it. We're not going to be on the news. Uh, on the news. We're, well, we're not going to be on the news. We're not going to be uh, on um, uh, the airport because I have to go to the airport, pick up my parents. Yes, I have to pick up my parents. My parents are coming into town tomorrow. My uber liberal parents will be in town tomorrow. What are your parents going to be in town tomorrow? My beautiful, my vivacious girlfriend is pregnant. Those of you who are new to the show, yes, I have a girlfriend and she is pregnant. I am not single. Somebody actually wants to be with me, and they um, tolerate me enough that I have impregnated them. I am not a homosexual. Those of you who are wondering, I'm not a homosexual. I am a straight man. So, my <laughs> I got my, 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 they're looking at me in the, in the, in the studio glass, like, they're like, what are you, stupid? Yes, I'm feeling 
silly, right? I'm, I'm silly right now. So my girlfriend's due date is Monday, all right? Monday is the big day. Today, Monday. Next Monday. And she's already lost her mucus plug, all right? She's already lost her mucus plug. That happened over the weekend. So technically, any day, she could be um, going into labor. She's about two centimeters dilated. That's what the doctor said a few days ago. So it could be any day. I mean, tomorrow morning, I could wake up, and there's a little hand out there. They're like, hey, hello. Hello, I'm ready. Pull me out. So it could happen. It could happen. Who knows? But my parents are coming into town for the birth of, for my mom, first uh, grandchild, for my dad, first grandchild from me. And I'm the favorite, I think, <laughs> over my brother and sister. My sister has two kids. My nieces, they're nice. They're beautiful. Okay? They're wonderful kids. I love them. Um, but I still think I'm the favorite. Anyways, they're coming in town. So their plane uh, touches down at 8.30, and I got to pick them up. I can't send an Uber to go pick up my parents. I can't do that. That would be wrong. can't have an Uber. I haven't seen my parents since August. I got to pick them up. But anyways, we won't be on the air tomorrow. But I will say this, and it will be entertaining. At some point this week, I will have my dad on the show. I will. I'm going to have my dad on the show, and it's going to be a trip. It's going to be a trip and a half because he's super liberal and maybe we'll get into a argument about Trump on the show because anytime we talk about Trump we get we it gets heated <laughs> it does so I'm gonna have him on and we'll 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 harass him <laughs> I'll harass him I'll get him all fired up he's 79 years old he'll get off about it ah! <laughs> and we'll have my mom pop in too it'll be funny so that's what's going on so we won't be on the air tomorrow. All right. So there you go. All right. Uh, real quick. couple quick things. Eight injured at an MLK celebration in Miami. We talked about that in the beginning of the show. Uh, participants at a Miami event celebrating MLK Day scrambled for safety Monday afternoon after gunfire up to leaving people, including juveniles, injured. It's not very nice. It's not a very nice way to celebrate Martin Luther King. I get it. You know, Martin Luther King, he got shot. You know, I get it. I get it. So this is kind of like a, I guess, tribute, so to speak. It's like, hey, you know, but it's not very good. Not very good. Um... Let's see, uh, family festivals taking place in the park after an annual King Parade and uh, shots are fired, 4.30. Uh, Miami-Dade police said one victim was in critical condition, while five were in stable condition and two were grazed, treated and released. Victims range from 13 to 30 years old. The patient in critical condition is a 20-year-old man. Investigators have determined two subjects uh, are questioning to determine their involvement in the police. Two firearms were also recovered. It is unknown if traditional subjects are at large. Uh, witness uh, Tammy Meeks told uh, WSVN the incident came too close to home. You would think that uh, this would be a big deal, but uh, nobody really talks. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's just, uh, 
just your average it's just your average picnic uh in Miami Dade celebrating Martin Luther King with a little gunfire. Ah! <laughs> Not a big deal. It's, it's it's like it's like, hey man, I got carjacked on uh <laughs> Martin Luther King Boulevard out in here in LA. Because, uh, oh, of course you got, of course it happens. <laughs> of course. That's what it's like. Hey, of course. A picnic, Miami Dade, Martin Luther King, celebration, bunch of people, show cars. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was a uh, breaking story um, while we were in there. And I didn't get the information, but then they sent it to me. Uh, the, the, uh, Producer, they they forwarded it to me, so I got it. So I was like, all right, I'll pass the information. So they they have a little uh, they have a little bit more. They have a little bit more. Uh, Obama, and it was interesting to watch him uh, on uh, NBC. Well, he he's been doing this whole um, farewell tour. This farewell tour that um, puts his presidency in this glowing uh, light. When Trump does it, he's braggadocious. When Obama does it, it's Obama. When Obama complains about um, Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, it's complaining about Fox News and Rush Limbaugh. When Trump complains about CNN, it's an assault on free press. Oh, okay. And if Trump complains about you more than five times, he's obsessed, he's childish, he's all of these things. When Obama does it, it's Obama. I mean, how many interviews have we seen where Obama talks about Fox News or Rush Limbaugh? And how bad Fox News and Rush Limbaugh are because they create this environment where people that listen to them uh, have this preconceived notion of Obama. And then in turn, they uh, complain to their congressmen or their senators and then they don't work with Obama and nothing gets done. Oh, my God. Over the weekend, he's doing the interviews, his farewell tours, and it's Fox News and over Limbaugh. And you don't hear anybody outraged. Not one person outraged. Not one person is outraged. Trump talks about CNN or calls out Jim Acosta, who, by the way, by the way, and I know... As far as people are concerned on the left, this isn't uh, proof of anything. But if you go online, there's Instagram pictures of Jim Acosta with Huma Abedin on a red carpet going to an event. And he says, about to hit this red carpet event with Huma Abedin. I don't know, man. To me, the whole uh, media game, 
the CNNs, the NBCs, the ABCs. There's just something about a quote-unquote reporter who is engaged in attacking the President of the United States or President-elect because the President-elect didn't call on him. And in turn, this, this fight that commences, this, this, this altercation that commences, turns into everyone on the left talking about free press being under assault. There's just something about that guy going to an event with Hillary Clinton's body woman. I mean, throughout the election cycle, everybody referred to Huma Abedin as Hillary Clinton's closest confidant. That you didn't get anything from Hillary Clinton unless you went through Huma Abedin. So there's just something about Hillary's closest aide going out and partying with a reporter who has just involved controversy with President Elect. I know it's not a big deal to the left and it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't uh, signal partisanship or media being in the bag for the Democrats. But I don't know. If you want to point to all these things that Trump is involved with or his cabinet members are involved with, they go, oh, come on. Come on, look, there's there's a lot of smoke there. Come on now. Jesus. Hillary's closest aide hanging out with Jim Acosta. There's no smoke there. Stupid. Don't be dumb. Don't be beyond dumb. So it's still amazing to me. Ears can attack. Fox and Limbaugh and Handy and just just any of these people, anybody that's on the right. And people don't look at as an attack on our free press. Similar to the way they're outraged over Trump calling out CNN, calling out Andrew Cooper, calling out Costas, calling out Wolf Blitzer. For some reason, that is completely different. And the other big news over the weekend, and again, it goes to my tying the media into being nothing more than loser high schoolers who pick their nose and smell their own farts, and the whole concept of being a journalist was to get popularity because no one wanted to go to the prom with them. Nobody invited them to cool parties. And this was a way to be cool. 
Because when you write articles about people, everyone wants to be your friend. Everybody wants to have a nice article written about them, and nobody wants anything bad written about them. And so over the weekend, there were talks of Trump and this administration moving the press briefing room, like the press, this room, you know, where you see for year after year after year, the press sitting and talking to Josh Ernest or talking Edie Myers, Dana Perino, and moving that to the school off premises, a much bigger facility that could hold hundreds and hundreds of reporters. And the media freaked out. Said this is unprecedented. This is the only time this was done was during the Bush administration, a brief time. They were remodeling the press briefing room, the James Brady room. This is this is an assault on free press. How is it assault on free press? There's still press conferences. Still going to ask questions, but you're not in the White House. This has set them off. Why? Because the White House, they're not special anymore. Because part of this press briefing room, part of this area also included cubicles and, you know, uh, 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 little private offices where the elite, like Jim Acosta and Andrea Mitchell, were to do their work. Drink their coffee. Mingle. Get to say they work at the White House. Get to walk up to the White House door with a press credential that says, Andrea Mitchell, White House, NBC News. And when they heard the Trump administration was going to take that privilege away from them, Flashback, high school, not being invited to prom, not being invited to any parties, people making them because they pick their nose and eat their boogers. That's the flashback. Because Spicer, Trump, White House, they didn't say, oh, we're shutting down free press. No, all they said was, you know what, you guys aren't going to be allowed to work out of the White House anymore. When we do a press conference, when we do a press briefing, it's going to be in this basic, uh, you know, lecture hall. It's going to be off-premise in this auditorium. And there's not going to be 40 of you in these special assigned seating uh, arrangements. It's going to be 400 of you. And it's first come, serve. You go back to your offices in the buildings that you work from and do your report. You're not going to be at the White House anymore. You're not going to be having little credentials to say you're special. None of that. Just a jerk-off reporter. You're a jerk-off. You're like the jerk-off you were in high school. Hi, I'm Andre. I work for this school paper. Hi, we're doing a, a story uh, about 
either pork and beans or corn for the cafeteria. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, Pork and beans. Yeah, I like pork and beans too because it helps me fart more because I like to smell my farts. Yes, Andrea, we know that. That's why you don't get invited to any of the cool parties. Is that why? Yes, you're a loser. You're a jerk-off. Okay. So that's why media's losing their minds. Because they're not going to have little press. That's why Katie Turd is losing her mind. What? I mean, all those years of ridicule by all the kids because my dad decided to get breast implants and go by the name of, of Barbara? Because my dad is a, is a she-male? You mean, you mean now I'm not going to be able to have a pass that says the White House? Yes, kitty turd. Sorry. You mean I got to go to an auditorium and then hope I get called on for questions? And then after I got to go back to the NBC offices and my stinky office that I still had since I had to bang Keith Oberman and he got me a job. This isn't fair. Yes, it's not fair. Yes, sorry. Your journalism professor lied to you. You are not cool. You are that person that got made fun of in high school because you ate your boogers and your dad's a she-male. Sorry. And that's the new outrage by the media. Obama, he attacks the media. It's Fox News. F him. It's Rush Limbaugh. F him. He's not being petty. He's not being a baby. He's not being a child. Trump attacks. And it's an assault on free press. We're in communist country. Oh! And the Trump administration says, we're going to take away the one thing that you all worked your hearts out to be cool. And that is having a credential that says White House. Oh, it's an attack on free speech, free press. No, it, it, it's an attack on coolness. That's what it is. It's an attack on your coolness. You are no longer cool anymore. You're no longer working from the White House. You're working from an auditorium. And you're amongst 400 other people. You aren't getting special treatment, Andrea Mitchell. You're not getting special treatment, Kate Turd. None of you are getting special treatment. You're just partisan hacks. Glenn Ross is not getting special. You're a jack-off. That's it. Jack off. You will always be a jack off. You're a partisan hack. And story. And remember the time you wouldn't get invited to a cool party in high school. And I will. In closing, remind all of the liberals that are listening to this show. You can bitch. You can moan. 
And you could cry about Trump all you want. At the end of the day, Hillary Clinton will never, ever be president of the United States. You can impeach Trump. You you can do whatever you want. But Hillary Clinton will never, ever be president of the United States. The liberal Democrat agenda is dead. It's buried. Rather, it's Mike Pence or Paul Ryan will never, ever be a liberal douchebag filling the seat of the Supreme Court United States. There will be Jeff Sessions as the Attorney General. There will never be an Obama liberal douchebag occupying the White House for at least four years. The greatest thing that ever happened was Hillary Clinton and the Democrats losing the election. I don't care if aliens came down from the sky and released Hillary Clinton's emails and millions and millions of people decided to change their vote from Hillary to Trump because they were outraged that people would say Chelsea Clinton is a spoiled brat. The ends justify the means. Liberalism and the Democrat Party is dead. And that's the most important thing that can happen. It's Rob Zakari, the Rob Zakari Show. We will see all of you Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll be back. Don't forget to tune in Wednesday at 7 p.m. Tomorrow we're off. I got to pick up my liberal, non-douchebag parents from the airport. They're liberals, but they're not douchebags. They're good people. And we'll probably meet them Wednesday or Thursday. You guys are the best. You guys are the, 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 the greatest. The Rob Zakari Show on Twitter. Follow us at Facebook, The Rob Zakari Show. Go to uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, go to Spreaker. Go to Blog Talk Radio. And go to iTunes. You guys are the best. Love you. Be safe. And be careful of them dirty, dirty, dirty leftists. And, of course, Islamic extremists. Good day and good night.